Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Taking you up to 6.30, Grant and Danny on the fan. Thank you for listening to the show. We appreciate you. It is time to dabble into the NFL draft. It's almost time to really put our trunks on and jump into the draft pool for a little while, swim around. NFL media, NFL.com's Eric Edholm has been at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama this week. Is on the BetQL guest hotline. Bet smarter to beat the books. Download the BetQL app. Visit BetQL.com. Eric, thanks for a few minutes. How you been? I've been doing all right. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure, my friend. All right, catch us up. I I feel like this is not a huge QB Senior Bowl. Give me some thoughts there. Yeah, it really is. It, uh, and I think we, we kind of knew that coming in when, when Penn and Hooker suffered an injury late in the year. He was, you know, automatically exempt from that, although he was down here interviewing with teams. And when, when Will Levis decided not to come, you know, he'd kind of talked to both the East-West game and the Senior Bowl, opted not to. I think his stock is strong enough to where, he, you know, he and his people felt like, he didn't need to come down here. Several, you know, other top five type quarterbacks have done the same thing in years past. And, and you know, even Stetson Bennett, look, I mean, I don't think he's going to be a, a high pick, but he, he carried a little weight, right? I mean, these guys won two national championships. He's a name now. Uh, you know, he not, decided not to come. And I know that people were a little disappointed in that because still a guy who could improve his stock quite a bit and there was of course the the arrest that happened uh <laughs> during his time so yeah it, it wasn't a great group max duggan was up and down there was a kid from division two shepherd who you know showed some talent but but really wasn't tremendous he was fine um and probably jake hayner from fresno state if i had to pick one guy who i felt like i had to bet on after this week for who's down here you know maybe fourth fifth round pick that's sort of where I see him going in that sort of Bailey Zappi, Sam Howell range. And I think that's kind of the, the, the best of the best down here. You say Sam Howell's name, the antenna goes up here in the nation's yeah. capital. He is currently yeah. the That means he's the next Hall of Famer, the guy you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. That for you guys. I, I wanted to give you a layup. <laughs> Thanks for the nugget. You Thank you. There. We appreciate yeah. that. I actually want to ask you about how in just a few minutes, uh, Eric Edholm is with us of NFL Media. But uh, let's go to the top of the draft board. I have seen Will Levis mocked number one. You know, I, I see yeah. a couple of the defensive players there. If the Bears trade out, obviously, Bryce Young is is who I want to talk about. Though, why yeah. isn't it as simple as just the team that picks first takes him, and then everything else starts after that? I, I hear you. There's some special traits. I mean, his. I think his 
processing speed and you know quick thinking on the fly it was really put to the test this season you saw it i thought you know maybe even more so than in his Tiesman season where you know the offensive line wasn't as strong for bama and he made some tremendous plays this year also suffered that shoulder injury and you know not only does that have to be checked out at the nfl combine but we're, we're going to have to dig deeper on a quarterback. Some believe will measure in about five foot ten and one hundred ninety four pounds. Now that's small, right? I mean, obviously we're in an era where Kyler Murray is, is a shorter quarterback, and Drew Brees was barely six foot for years, and uh, you know Tyler Huntley is a, is a smaller guy, et cetera, et cetera. But for the most part, those guys are over two hundred pounds. I cannot remember a two hundred pound quarterback in the modern era being drafted in the first round so it's probably less about the height from what i've you know gathered from talking to people and more about the frame just in terms of you know boys suffering injuries and, and longevity and things like that so i mean with levis it's it's this really alluring ball of clay like he's a talented player if you go back and watch 2021 you saw a guy who made a lot more plays but he got banged up this year the offensive coordinator situation was was uh, not the best so there's a lot of reasons why he didn't play at the same level. It's going to be a club-by-club decision, but a lot of people do like Levis's uh, upside quite a bit. Eric, take this wherever and however you want. Who's your favorite player right now in the draft? Ooh, good question. I mean, you know, the, the, the two defensive players you alluded to, Jalen Carter, I assume, Jalen Carter from Georgia and Will Anderson from Alabama, both I think could be scheme records. You know, I mean, I think they can both be – kind of the potential centerpieces for an NFL defense. And, you know, maybe you have to temper your expectations a little right away. But, you know, you see some Von Miller-like flashes in, in Anderson's game. And you see, I don't want to compare him to Aaron Donald. I don't think that's correct. But maybe like Fletcher Cox early in his career, maybe. I mean, somebody, Carter, who can penetrate from the inside. And if you're asking me, I, I, I think it's harder to find the interior penetrators than it is to find the edge rushers. I, I think that's a harder commodity to find on the open market. So Carter, I think, will go high if his interviews go well. You know, there's some people who want to kind of check on his his character and his personality a little bit. I don't know that there are huge red flags there. But, you know, if you're going to go high, they got to check those boxes. So those two are, are pretty darn fascinating. There's also a lot of really good tight ends this year. I know that's not like a sexiest selling point of all time, but <laughs> – I, as NFL offenses get creative and more multiple and the run game is cycling back into the league, tight ends are very important. So it's going to be a big year for that position. Eric, who is the high-variance player in this year's class who, depending on when you're talking to someone and who you're speaking to, they might have them going like top five or 15 to 20. Who's the guy that you you just see the most uh, difference in opinion yeah. on? Yeah, that's a good question. There's there's a lot of them off the top of my head. A couple who who come to mind. Uh, Keely Ringo from Georgia. I mean, talent wise, he's special. He had a pick six in Georgia's first championship two years ago, and then this past season was I thought up and down. Um, you know, made some big plays, played well in the title game, but not as well in the in the semifinals. Gives up a lot of plays. Also has the physical ability to kind of make up ground and, and cover his tracks a little bit. So it's sort of like Tyson Campbell. So, I mean, he he's one that, you know, isn't guaranteed to go in the first round, but has first round traits. So that's one Quentin Johnson from TCU, the receiver. Some teams think his burst is like a, 
you know, a Sidney Rice type player or other teams feel like he's, he's not going to be as reliable. He didn't show up in, in some games and a little inconsistent for their liking. So that's another that comes to mind. Brian Brzee, the defensive tackle from uh, Clemson. I think a lot of his, you know, where he lands in the draft will depend heavily on his, his medical evaluation. So if, you know, if he tests clean medically, tests well in Indy, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if he's top half around one. If he if it's a little more clouded, we don't like the results as much. Maybe we're talking about a day two player. I don't know. So that's that's another one that comes to mind. Danny, how about the casual Sydney Rice reference there? <laughs> just like, and just what a name that is. I know. I was like, totally that, that one. Two, that 2009 1300 yard season coming back to mind. Man, for Eric at home. Yeah. Uh, Will Levis, where are you at on him? And give me an NFL comp. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people have said, you know, would it be stunning if he became sort of a Josh Allen Jr.? And and I don't know that that's the prevailing thought. I think there are some people who feel like it's going to be, you know, kind of a lesser version of that. Or, I mean, he's a thickly built kid and a darn good athlete, extremely tough, I think very competitive. I I think you're going to have to work with him on his touch and his placement a little bit. And like Allen, it's going to look – you know, I remember when Josh started a couple of years, I don't think anyone was projecting stardom. I don't think anybody saw it and said, oh, no question, he's going to rival Mahomes. I mean, I think they thought mistake-prone, talented, good player. And even we saw some of that negative side this year, too, in big moments where he didn't, you know, he didn't come up big. So I'm not saying he's that. I'm saying that's like the the most ambitious comp you could come come up with because – He's got a similar frame. He can run with toughness and quickness, and he can throw the ball all over the field. I mean, he's got those physical abilities, and I don't think he's as undeveloped as a passer as some people think he did. I really believe that the shortage of talent they had there, a lot of guys graduated. Uh, you know, they switch OCs. Didn't really work out very well last year. They've already fired the guy. It just sort of felt like it was a step backward with everything around him this past. I'm not making excuses because he has holes in his game, but that's the very ambitious you know, outlook for, for him. NFL Media's Eric at home with us here on G&D. Give me a guy that you don't quite get the hype on. Everybody seems to love him, but not Eric at home. Yeah, that's a good one. Let me think. I'm trying to think of somebody. You know, Miles Murphy from Clemson, I, I, it's not that I don't get the hype on him. I Maybe if you'd asked me last week, I might have said Jalen Duncan from Maryland. I didn't. I watched a few games of him this year and thought, yeah, okay, good, day two tackle. I don't know why everyone's hyping him in round one. But down here, he looked really good. So I, I'm willing to admit my possible mistake there. So Duncan's out. I would – yeah, I mean, uh, who was my pick again? I think I said uh, – oh, yeah. From Clemson. Murphy, Murphy Clemson, yeah. Right, yeah. Freakish athlete. He's going to test through the roof in, in India, assuming he's healthy and everything's fine. I'm guessing he is, so – I just feel like when you watch him, you feel like you're, you're you're waiting for the big play to come, and it never it doesn't always there. I mean, sometimes there's reasons for that. You know, teams run away from a certain player, they scheme him up to, you know, to kind of take him out of games. And I think there was some of that, but I also think that there was some some meat left on the bone. I think watching him, so he's one that that I've sort of been talked into. I feel like he's gonna go high. But I'm also a little bit hesitant uh, as far as what you're going to get right away. You are listening to Eric Edholm, who's the lead draft writer for NFL.com. 
breaking the draft down with us on Grant and Danny. He's been in Mobile, Alabama at the Senior Bowl this week. The Commanders pick 16th, right smack dab in the middle of round one. Their needs, assuming they don't go the quarterback route, which we don't think they will, offensive line heavy, specifically on the interior. And then I I would even say secondary, right, getting a corner. What makes sense in that range? Give give us some possible names if they were to go corner. How might that play out mid-first round? As far as if they wanted to go guard or center, does that mean maybe moving back? How do you see that? area of the round yeah good question i think it depends on which interior prospect we're talking about who might still be available i mean you know we've seen the jets took ali vera tucker right around that same range maybe even a little higher you know obviously quentin nelson went to the colts at number six so we've seen interior players go higher than that spot before but let's face it they got to be pretty special i think or they have to be a little different right i mean they have to be able to play at that Pro Bowl level, I think, because the position you on the you know on the on the totem pole, it's a little farther down than tackle and, and other positions. It's kind of right in you know a little above tight end and right there safety and whatnot. So it's not the highest priority position for many teams. But if you find a special player, you shouldn't hesitate. I think if Peter Skaronski from Northwestern, who was a, a left tackle in college primarily, questions with him or arm length, you know, I mean, is he, is he long enough for that position, or is he going to be a left guard? A really you know, super athletic and smart and tough athletic left guard. I mean, that could that could be a good thing, right? And obviously, you know, you guys took a guard high years ago and it worked well too. So it, you can't say that it's not doable, but maybe the John Michael Schmitz, the center from Minnesota, I think that's a little high for me. I mean, he could he go in the latter half of round one, sure. But defensive back makes a lot more sense. Uh I think I mocked them, Joey Porter Jr., if I'm not mistaken, my mock that went up this morning. Yeah, so we're talking about a lengthy corner who I think could add a little size to that secondary. And, you know, kind of like Keely Ringo in the sense that there's some times when you feel like you you expect a little bit more out of him. But, you know, he always seems to come up with some big plays when they're needed. I think, you know, obviously the NFL bloodlines are exciting. Uh, you know, maybe he's a little bit more hype than, than finished product at this point, but I know a lot of people around the league feel like you, you give him the right coaching and put him in the right situation. He could be special. We've been spoiled pretty much every year. There's an incredible army of receivers that come out from you know the Justin mm-hmm. Jefferson to Jamar Chase and Garrett Wilson and here locally with Jahan Dotson. I don't feel like this class is the same, though, this year. Am I wrong? No, I think you're right. I, I don't know that there's that one player. I mean, I love Jordan Addison, but – you know, could he, uh, let's say he's Tyler Lockett as a very good player right there. You know, I mean, I'm not complaining at all. Is that your typical number one receiver from, from at least like you said, in recent classes, the last four or five years have been, I mean, I don't know, as consistently strong as any position I can remember. Probably not. So it's just lacking that, that, that top guy, I think. And that's, you know, some might take Quentin Johnson and, and say he's our, our number one receiver you know, there's Jackson Smith and Jigba who didn't have the, the last season in college that a lot of people expected coming off that massive Rose Bowl. You have some speed guys like Jalen Hyatt, Josh Downs. You know, I watched Rasheed Rice down here this week, and he was fine. He was good. Again, I don't know that there's a, a, a truly transcendent player at that position. So a lot of number twos and a lot of really good number threes, but I think compared to recent years, talent's a little down there. Does who goes number one as a prediction almost solely 
going to be based on who trades up with the Bears? Because like there might be someone that loves Levis or or someone that loves Young, and and whoever yep. gets the pick, that's who goes first. Does that make sense? Yes, I think I think you framed it the right way, which is. You know, let's say Levis goes first and, and Young goes second. Does that mean that every single team in the league thought Levis was better? No, not necessarily. And I haven't been able to talk to all of them yet. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of forecasting a little bit. But, you know, it might be close to 50-50, you know, among the teams that need quarterbacks. And with Tom Brady retiring, with Aaron Rodgers' status unknown, you know, with – Derek Carr in kind of an odd situation. He'll go somewhere, obviously, but you know, there, there's not. I mean, there there aren't as many alluring veteran options out there. So it does, I think, play into the Bears' hand very well. The chances of them trading that pick are, are pretty good, I think. And if I had to put my money on one team, it would be the Colts. You heard Chris Ballard say, I mean, it was this you know depressing run at the end of the season. I don't know who their head coach is going to be, but. When he was asked, after not drafting a quarterback in his tenure there, higher than round four, would you do whatever it took to get up to that, to, to get the quarterback you like? And he said, whatever it takes. I mean, that along with the Bears saying that they would have to be blown away by the quarterback class to, to move Justin Fields makes me think those could be your dance partners right there. And Poles and Ballard, I think, have a relationship. I believe they crossed over in Kansas City together at one point. So, you know, that. They just seem like dance partners at this point. Eric, great info with us, buddy. Really appreciate the time. Have a great weekend. You too. Take it easy. Check out Eric's work, NFL.com. He's their lead draft writer. Joining us here on Grant and Danny. Outstanding. I'm looking forward to draft season. It is almost that time. We are nearly buzzing. I mean, you get the prospects going up and down with the with the Senior Bowl. You'll get some of those buzz and stories. Combine's just around the corner. I'm into draft season. Danny's in a suit and tie. Yes. He is getting ready to head out the door right now. Yeah. There's the Hall of Famer. There he goes. Ladies and gentlemen of the Hey, look at this. Darius, Ryan, myself, we stand. I'm getting the ovation. We give the ovation. This is nice. Look at that. Fire up the music. That's very nice. Take one out, Danny. He's headed over to George Washington University. Yeah. The George Washington University for his uh, Hall of Fame induction. That's right. Appreciate it, boys. 39 career home runs, ladies and gentlemen, at the... The... George Washington University. We don't know their mascot. They're changing it. But still, I'll be in the hall regardless. I was actually going to ask, what is the mascot? We don't know yet. Are they currently the Colonials? Yes. For like another five okay, minutes. Okay, so that's it. I'm a, I was a Colonial. That's all I know. So they didn't do the George Washington sports teams. No, they didn't do George Washington years. making the brand. There's no giveaways in, a, in a, like a hotel mirror. I hope there's not a major Tutty sighting over there. That would be tough. No activations? Sir. There will be no activations. Please wow. and thank you. Will you drop a... You'd real MVP in your speech. If you want me to. If that's a dare, I'll do it. You won't. Okay. I if will. you do it, I will give you ten dollars. Done. That's yeah. worth ten bucks to me. Well, you have to your wife, she's in the crowd. You yep. have to say you have to and you have to cry while you do it. You'd a real MVP. Will that qualify? I think that'll, that'll do work. it. That'll do it. All right, perfect. Yeah, absolutely. All right, have a great night. Thanks, guys. Enjoy yourself. I got you the rest of the way here on Grant and Danny as a Hall of Famer goes to get enshrined. Uh, Darren Ravel is going to stop by at 6 o'clock, about 37 minutes from right now. We are giving away tickets to a Nickelback show at that time. Next, where's Scott Turner headed? He's got himself a job working on an offense in the NFL. We'll tell you where he's going and a Derek Carr update. Could be on the move. We'll discuss next on G&D.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. By himself. Listen, Derek, you've thrown touchdown passes in Vegas before. You've been on fire. Have you ever been that hot in Las Vegas? Not that hot. It's uh, probably why I'm going somewhere else. <laughs> nice. Nice. It was Ryan Clark of ESPN interviewing Derek Carr at the Pro Bowl event last night, nationally televised quarterback precision passing competition. Carr lit it up in his old practice facility with the Raiders out in Vegas. As we welcome you back to GND, thanks for listening. You're locked into the fan, Darius and Ryan alongside, taking you up to 6.30, an hour left this week and this evening. In 30 minutes, we'll be joined by Darren Ravel, and at that time, I got tickets to Nickelback for you. You got to be listening. You got to call at the top of the hour if you want them. So a couple of notes here. We'll get to Carr in just a second. First things first, locally, Scott Turner, former offensive coordinator in Washington, back in the news, the Raiders have hired Scott Turner, speaking of Derek Carr. He is going to go join Josh McDaniel's staff as a passing game coordinator. This is a bit of an evolution in the NFL over the last several years, right? I think part of how this happened was teams who didn't want to lose up-and-coming sharp offensive minds but didn't have the ability to make them offensive coordinators wanted to add titles, responsibilities to the business card so that when a team came a-knocking and tried to lorate coach away, they were able to say, no, actually – you can't take that interview because we're going to elevate you in responsibility. You're now no longer our tight ends coach. You're our passing game coordinator. It's almost like a way to develop someone into being an OC. And I view, they do this on defense too, but I view these run game, pass game coordinators as assistant to the offensive or defensive coordinator. In the same way that those coordinators are assistants to the head coach, right? They are the minions of right-hand men to these head coaches, these passing game, running game coordinators on offense. In San Francisco, you had Mike LaFleur doing this before he went and got an OC job, as an example with the Jets. Uh, you, you had Bobby Slowick the last couple years under Kyle Shanahan doing this, who's now interviewing for the Texans' OC job. I think this is a gig that readies you to be a coordinator. 
It's a good development in terms of bringing coaches along. And I think it's important for the teams that correctly have a diverse staff. It's great to have a you should have every team should have a diverse staff in as many ways as possible by the way. That that's race, that's background, that's age, that's ideas, right? That's you know how you view the game. And so I think what the the Raiders are trying to accomplish is by bringing in Scott Turner and making him a passing game coordinator, you've now got a guy who's essentially overqualified for that job. So your head coach is offensive-minded. The OC job is not overly sexy, I would say, uh, for the Raiders because you're not calling plays. Josh McDaniels is going to handle that. But Mick Lombardi, that's Mike Lombardi's son. That's uh, our guy who comes on the show a lot, the former GM. His son is the OC there. So now you'll bring in Scott Turner to kind of work under Lombardi. Lombardi, by the way, from an experience standpoint, as a coordinator, less experienced even than Scott Turner. So maybe he can help him and you can further develop him with Turner on your staff. But it's a good fit, and I think it's a nice landing spot, so to speak. It's a nice safety net to catch Scott Turner falling now after losing the job here in Washington. And I'm on record as saying I don't think Turner is as bad as the public opinion as you believe. Find me a coordinator who has only ever been able to call plays for offenses quarterbacked by below-average QBs, and I'll find you a coordinator who's got bad rankings on his resume, 25th, 28th, 22nd, 23rd, whatever it is. You don't get to succeed. You don't move the ball. You don't sustain offense. You don't have yards and points totals that move you to the top of the board as a coordinator when you are calling plays for... Guys coming off of horrible leg injuries who can't get away from pass rush or first-round picks who are never going to start in the league or, in more recently, the case of this past season, journeyman backup types, which is what Heineke ultimately has proven it seems like to be, or a, a former good QB who no longer is, who's probably more of a two or a bottom-tier one, in Carson Wentz. So the, the biggest reason for their lack of success on offense, to me, has been quarterback, not Scott Turner. Both things can be true, though, and say you'd like to do better. You'd like to upgrade from him. He's not great. He's not special or unique or top shelf. It's not one of the, the better OCs in the league. I don't think anyone would say that at this point. But was he the problem? Was he the reason they couldn't score? Was he one of their biggest issues? I would say no to all those things. So he gets to go out to Vegas now. And McDaniels, going into this season, needs a big year. He could be in trouble. I mean, frankly, you think about it out in Las Vegas. If they really struggle this season, another bad year and a checkered season on offense, he could be looking for a gig, and that whole staff could be in trouble. So if you're Scott Turner, you're signing up to go out there, you got to be confident in McDaniels and Lombardi and the rest of that staff. I will tell you that I do think Scott Turner and... Josh McDaniels have some similarities in how they view offense. One of the things I love about Turner's conceptual view of moving the football is he likes throwing to running backs, and it's something that McDaniels has understood the value of for a long, long time. There was a time about five years ago where I think it was the most undervalued element of moving the football in, in this sport. It was just people call it checking the ball down. I would just say, you know, throwing the football out of the backfield to running backs in space, you know, getting the ball to 
uh, guys underneath to, to try to give them the ball on the move so that they can make someone miss and, and pick up some yards after the catch. You go back to New England. Tom Brady made a living throwing to running backs for years and years and years from uh, just run through the names, right? I mean, Kevin Falk and Shane Vereen and James White was a Super Bowl MVP one year. Uh, caught 15 balls, or I guess Brady probably was, but he was the actual most viable player in the game when, when he caught 15 balls out of the backfield on 16 targets. But I, I think Turner and him will see eye to eye. I think they're, they'll be a good match. So I think that's a good fit for Scott Turner. Is Washington going to be able to do better than Turner? Still a very real question, by the way. Ken Zampezi, according to Sports Illustrated last week, the favorite to become their OC, worked under Turner last year. Is that an upgrade? I don't know how you can make that case. You might say it's lateral and it's not a step back, and it would be hard for me to argue otherwise, I guess. But I think it's really difficult to claim victory and say definitively that by firing the younger Scott Turner, who you're developing at that job as a first-time guy, as a play caller and an OC, and going to an older Ken Zampezi, who has had a chance to do that in the past and been fired, that you definitely got better. I think when they moved on from Scott Turner, a lot of us were hoping they'd go out and they'd get a hot shot up-and-comer. They'd go out and get somebody who has been a passing game coordinator for an elite offense. I guess the dream right now is, with them having talked to or suggested uh, to the Chiefs that they wanted to talk to Eric Bieniemy when uh, the season ends, You know, maybe you could go the route of an OC who wants a lateral move to call plays, like a Bieniemy, and that would feel like an upgrade, obviously. But of the names that they've talked to, your Pat Shermer types, or guys who have never done this before, it's... It's hard to say going into camp that they got better and feel great about it in their coordinating role, even if everyone's excited that they're going to do something else just because under Turner this offense didn't do enough. But he is going to Vegas to coach the Raiders, which brings me to Derek Carr. News on Carr seeking a trade. What's it going to cost a team to bring Derek Carr in over the next three years? I got those numbers And is that something that the commanders should even consider based on the cap ramifications? We'll get into that next on Grant and Danny. 20 minutes from now, I got those Nickelback tickets, and Darren Ravel joins the show on the fan. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. G&D without Danny. He is off to the George Washington University for his Hall of Fame induction ceremony this evening. Congratulations and a tip of the cap to him. Big story in sports today. We'll be covering it, I'm sure, in the days ahead. Kyrie Irving is asking to be traded again. Yeah, he's unhappy. Once out of Brooklyn. This is the same guy that won it out of Cleveland and Boston. And now the Nets rolling up to the top four spots in the East. Look like they win a title this year, perhaps. But Kyrie's not feeling it. I'm sure he'd be a fun teammate to have. The, the, just, just the colleague you want to work with. A guy who's always putting his team first. Uh, but Kyrie wants out. Something we will be discussing on the show in the days ahead. Uh, before we get to the Derek Carr news in just a moment, there is some car news today out of Vegas. Let's go to Peluso in Burtonsville. Wants to hop in. Luso, how are you? Hey, I'm doing well. Listen, I driving down the road, I just want to bring up a point that you just mentioned, and the name is uh, Eric Bieniemy. And I don't know if you were just throwing that out as a talking point, but uh, a couple areas that I want to bring up to kind of counter what you're saying is... Yeah, before you get into that, uh, I'll say it's not a talking point. I mean, the team has actually uh, requested permission to interview him and is interested in him as a candidate. Now, how serious they are? We don't really know, and I would make the case yeah. that if I'm the enemy, there's probably other places I'd rather go than Washington, frankly. But, yeah, yeah that, that's but a me, real thing. It's a possibility. Yeah, and this is what I want to bring up because uh, if you drill down just a little bit and know the Andy Reid coaching uh, management style, leadership style he has, Eric Bieniemy is not the offensive coordinator, number one. And number two, this is concerning if you think it through. Number two, if he is the offensive coordinator of one of the most high-ranked, potent NFL teams in NFL history, why is he making a lateral move to a worse team? And the reason is he's not making a lateral move. The reason is he'd get a chance to be an offensive coordinator, which he is not right now. Well, he is an offensive coordinator. He's not a play caller, right? I mean, his title is offensive coordinator, and his role is offensive coordinator. Uh, while Andy Reid is the head coach in the building and the mastermind of the offense, the enemy has to run a lot of meetings. That's what OCs do. Uh, Andy Reid's tending to other things, meeting with the general manager. Uh, Reid calls the plays. I think Reid designs a lot of the plays. Conceptually, schematically, I think Reid's immensely involved. Would the enemy have a lot more power, influence, control over the offense here? Without a doubt. And that's why he would make the lateral move. He'd make the lateral move because he's never called plays before. Because right now, Andy Reid calls the plays, and he doesn't get to. We saw this before, okay? Matt LaFleur in Los Angeles with the Rams didn't call plays. Sean McVay did. And while he could have stayed there and been the coordinator of an offense dictated by McVay, running the meetings, doing some of the, the work throughout the week, the behind-the-scenes dirty work, so to speak, he didn't get to do the, the fun game day stuff, and, and he didn't get 
really his fingerprints, his hands all over the clay that is that offense. You go to a, do what he did. Go to an organization where there's a defensive-minded head coach. LaFleur went to the Titans, where Mike Rabel was the head coach, ran the entire half of the building that says offense. When you walk in the door, it was his side of the building. And a year later, he's the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. With pretty mediocre offensive results, I might add, led by Marcus Mariota at quarterback that year for the Titans. But Derrick Henry got off, and you know they had enough success running the ball. It appealed to teams, including Green Bay. That's what the enemy's debating. Now, should he have to leave to get a head coaching job? Should he have to call plays? He shouldn't have to. That's not the precedent. Kevin O'Connell was the offensive coordinator with the Rams, was not calling plays, was doing, like the enemy, in the shadow of the head coach, the OC things, without the full control, and he got a head coaching job with the Vikings and did really well winning 13 games in his first year this year. In Kansas City, you're kind of down, it sounds like, on how big of a deal Biennemi's role is. Well, did you say the same about Matt Nagy, who got a head coaching job and won 12 games his first year with the Bears? Did you say the same about Doug Peterson? Uh, Frank Reich, I guess it was, but Peterson also. You know, those guys all coming from that Kansas City tree. Specifically, Peterson, who wasn't calling plays before he got the Eagles job. Biennemi's in the same spot as those guys. They got head coaching jobs. He can't. He's interviewed literally now with over half the league. Over 16 teams, I believe it is. 17 on the nose, I think, is the number he's interviewed with over the years. So he's looking in the mirror going, what do I have to do to get a head coaching job? And it seems like the answer is he's got to call plays. Peterson didn't have to. Nagy didn't have to. But maybe they're better interviewers. For whatever reason, he hasn't gotten the job. That's why he would go somewhere to call plays, quote-unquote, laterally. Because, as you said, he gets more responsibility. Real quick on Carr, because I said I wanted to mention this. Derek Carr can now seek a trade. The Raiders have told him, as of today, he and his agent can work the phones and get a deal in place and come present it to Vegas. Under his current contract, Carr would be due $42 million this coming year against the cap and $41 million in 2024 against the cap. So cap hits over the next couple years of 42 and 41 million. Massive. I think if you make that trade, you have to extend him, lower those initial cap numbers down into the low 30s, build money onto the back of the deal, commit to him for essentially three or four years, and move forward that way. That's the only way to make this make sense. Should Washington try to do that? He'd be the best quarterback they've had since Cousins. I say no. We just saw what happens when you dump all your money into a quarterback who might not be the right guy. And there's only one year left, possibly, with this particular staff. So I would build around Sam Howell for a season, see what I am at the end of the year. If Howell's not the guy, the new GM, the new head coach, if it doesn't work out, can pick the new quarterback. That's the way I'd roll. If you want Carr, you can have him. Price tag says, though, you better extend him. This is not like Carson Wentz where you get out, of, uh, get out of jail after one year. They get that get-out-of-jail-free card. Doesn't work that way. You're locking him up. You're committing for three, four seasons moving forward with him. Darren Ravel, an expert when it comes to sports business, gambling industry, joins us next right here on G&D. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 